This morning I want to just help us meditate together in God's word on the Father's love. On the Father's love. And I just want to just meditate together with you on it. And obviously in one hour we're not going to know everything about the love of God or the Father's love. But I just want to go back to this, what might seem a very basic elementary subject And just revisit it. For many of us, this will just be a reminder of uh, many things we already know. It's not going to be something new as such. But I think just going back and revisiting this is going to revive our hearts in a special way. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, John writes, he says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. So he's saying, wow, look at this. Behold what manner of love, what kind of love the Father has put upon us. And how is that expressed? He continues, that we should be called the children of God. Behold what manner of love, how great is this love which God has put upon us, bestowed on us, given to us, that we should be called the children of God. The fact that God would take you and me, sinful people, broken people, and adopt us as his own sons and daughters, John says, this is a marvel of God's love, of the Father's love. Amen? Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us. I mean, look at the love of God that he would take even me and make us his own sons and daughters. Make us his own children. That we should be called the children of God. One of the amazing things about the love of God is that God loves us in spite of our sinfulness. God loves us in spite of our sinfulness. I mean, the amazing thing is that God loved us while we were still sinners. Right? Very basic elementary fact of scripture. Romans chapter 5 and verse, verse 8. But God reveals his love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, God reveals his love towards us by sending Jesus to die for us. And John writes this in his epistle in First John chapter 4. And uh, verses 9 and 10, just go there. First John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. He once again marvels at the love of God. And he says, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us. So in this very thing, the Father's love is expressed to us. What is it? That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. So this is love. What is it? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the payment for our sins. You know, coming to experience salvation, you know, we think that, you know, when I come into it, well, all these scriptures apply to me. But once I get saved, maybe these scriptures don't apply anymore. But that's not true. These scriptures apply very much even after that. Because many believers sitting here this morning are struggling with receiving the love of the Father. Because they feel that they are not worthy of his love. 
because of sinfulness or sin. Well, if God so loved you and me before we were saved, when we were in sin, I can assure you, he still will love us even if we sin now. Amen? This is not a license to go and sin. What I am saying is, in as much as we try to walk holy before God and we fall short, for us as believers, that leaves us with such a sense of condemnation and guilt. And we are afraid if God still loves us. I just want to reason with you and me that if God so loved us while we were still sinners, how much more he would love us now. Or rather, his love has not changed. He still loves us now. In this is shown the love of God. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us while we were still sinners. And he sent his son for us. Amen. In fact, Paul writes about the love of God in some amazing and shares some amazing things about the love of God. He, he writes in Ephesians chapter. Let's go to the epistle of Ephesians in, in his letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's speak a few things and we'll come back to Ephesians at the very end. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That we should be holy and without blame in love. Or as some versions will put it, covered or clothed by his love. Do you know that because you're a believer, God ordained for you to experience something. And he planned for this even before the very foundation of the world. What did he plan for? He planned that you and I would stand before him totally blameless, holy and without blame. Why? Not based on our merit, but because he has covered us with his love. Amen. So whether you feel it or not this very moment as a believer, you're standing before God and he sees you holy and without blame because he has covered you with his love. That is the father's love. The father's love causes him to see you holy and without blame. Yesterday I was, uh, my son Josh was not here. But yesterday, you know, the kids are having exams. So I was trying to help him study. And we had some studying problems. He didn't want to, you know, typical kid. And didn't want to, he's throwing, kicking up a fuss, start trying to study. And I had to be a little stern with him to get him to do it. And uh, once he calmed down, he got into it and went on. For me, it was over. You know, he's studying, he's a good boy. But this morning, sitting in the car, he said, Dad, I want to tell you sorry for the way I behaved yesterday. I mean, this is on his own, right? I never asked nothing. I had forgotten about it. For me, in my father's eyes, it's already settled. He is holy and without blame, covered with my love. Amen? But for him, he needed to say it. Saying, Dad, I'm just sorry for the fuss I threw yesterday and all that. But for me, it was already done. It's gone. He's still my son. In my eyes, he is holy and without blame, covered in love. I wasn't even thinking about it. It's over. It's yesterday's problem, yesterday's fuss is over. <laughs> it's gone. And he sat and studied. He did well for several hours of studying so after that and also this morning. So. But that's how it is for us. You know, we throw up a fuss in life, I don't know, whatever it might be. And we think God's still mad about it. But the Father's eyes is different. In his eyes, we remain holy and without blame, covered in his love. Amen? 
And please understand, I'm not here to encourage all of us to go and fuss with God and do things. What I'm saying is, that's the Father's eyes. He ordained that from the foundation of the world, we should stand before Him, holy and without blame. Why? Not because of our merit. Not because we are so righteous. Not because we are so wonderfully obedient. But simply because we are covered with His love. Amen? You're covered with His love this morning. And because of that, he sees you holy and without blame. You're welcome in his presence. The father's eyes look upon you without any sense of condemnation or guilt. Paul also continues in talking about the love of God in Ephesians chapter 2. In the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 2, he talks about our sinful state. He says, you know, this is how sinful we were. We were dead in our sins and we walked according to the course of this world and we did all the filth of this world and we were driven by the prince of the power of the air and verse 2, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience and verse 3 says, you know, and we were partakers of all this. We conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh and we were just gratifying the desires of our flesh and of the mind and we were all set to obtain the judgment of God. And verse 4 begins like this, but God who is rich in mercy but God who is rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us but God who is rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and sins when we were all dead in our sins what did he do? he quickened us together with Christ and he raised us up together and he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus but God who was rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us what did he do he took us from the lowest place and he set us in the highest place that's The love of God. And when did he do it? When we were dead in trespasses and sins. Not after you became a member at all people's church. Not after the pastor said, now you qualify to be a righteous person. No. When we were dead in trespasses and sins. God who was rich in mercy. For the great love at which he loved us. Took us. From the lowest point in life. And he set us at the highest place. At his own right hand. In Christ Jesus. That's the magnitude of the father's love. Amen. So in understanding the father's love. First thing is. The father loves us in spite of our sinfulness. In spite of the mistakes we make. In spite of the wrongs we do. In spite of the failures in life. The father loves us. Amen. That's the father's love. I'm not encouraging you to go and sin. What I'm saying is in spite of it, he still loves you. Amen. The second area in which many of us believers struggle with the father's love is this. As long as everything is perfect in our life, we think the father loves us. But the moment things in our life begin to break down, we wonder if God still loves us. As long as you get your admission into your college, you think God loves you. The moment you don't get the admission, you wonder, does the father still love me? 
as long as you pass in your exams, you think God loves you. But the moment you fail in your exam, you wonder, does he still love me? As long as you get the promotion on your job, you think the father loves you. But the day you don't get your promotion, you wonder if the father loves you. Am I speaking reality here? At the moment, everything goes well. You close the sales deal. You're bringing in a lot of money. Your business is doing well. You think the father loves you. But the day things go bad, you're unable to bring money in. Your business goes downhill. You wonder if the father loves you. I mean, we can just go on and on and on. And talking about real life situations where you and I as believers, for some unknown reason, equate the love of the father with how well things are going in life. If things are going well, father loves me. If things are going bad, maybe he doesn't love me. But Paul says, that's the wrong way of looking at the father's love. What's the right way? Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall loss of a job, failure in an exam, not getting college admission, Missing out on the promotion. So where's all that? That's between the lines, right? <laughs> Shall tribulation, verse 35, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Why? Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, he says, I'm absolutely convinced of this, that neither death nor life, nor bad bosses, nor terrible colleagues, you think you came from hell. Let me read it. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, from the Father's love, which is given to us through Jesus Christ. He says, look, if things are going good, fine. If things are not going good, doesn't matter. The Father loves you. There is nothing that can separate you from the Father's love. So don't equate the Father's love with how well things are going on in life. You know, I always wanted to be a perfect person. Many of you wanted to do that same thing. You know, I want to be perfect. I want, I want everything to be right. I want to be a good example in life and set, have everything in life perfect. But then I realized that there are times in life when the circumstances or situations will just break you down. They break you down. And you end up as a broken vessel. The question that's in your mind is, does God still love me? And Paul says, I am convinced of this. That nothing that can happen to you here on earth whether it's distress or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or whatever, nothing can separate you from the Father's love that's given to you in Jesus Christ. Nothing. So when things are going good, the Father loves you. When things are not going good, the Father still loves you the same. Amen. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Just going back to that similar topic of, of sinfulness, you know, as, as believers... Sometimes our waywardness causes us to lose confidence in the love of the Father. And uh, Jesus illustrated for us the Father's love in the story of the prodigal son. Which I think many of us are very familiar with, learned it from Sunday school days. 
And he talked about these two, this father who had these two sons. And, and the younger son, being more notorious than the older, he said, you know, father, give me my share of inheritance. He takes the money, he goes away, and he wastes everything. And his life goes on a completely downturn. On a complete downturn. This is in Luke chapter 15, 11 onwards. And uh, the picture leaves us with this imagination of what the father would most likely have done. From the day the son left the house, morning after morning, the father came and stood at the door of the house, looking out, hoping that that day his son would come back. Days went into weeks and weeks into months and months became seasons. And we don't know how many seasons passed by. Until one day, this son, who had wasted everything he had taken, was now at his lowest point in his life, tending pigs and and, and even eating the food that he was serving the pigs. And suddenly he realized that things would be so much better if he only went back to the father, to his father. And so here he just picks up enough courage to make his way back home. And he mentally is prepared to meet an angry father who is going to make him a bonded laborer, a slave for the rest of his life. That's what he's mentally prepared to face. But to his utmost surprise... He meets a father who's been waiting at the door with longing eyes and arms wide open and says, this my son was lost and I want to welcome him home. Let's kill the fatted calf. Let's give him the best robe. Let's put a ring on his finger. Let's celebrate. The son has come home. That's a small illustration of the father's love. In dealing with his people in the Old Testament and Keep in mind that the Old Testament was an expression of the law. Whereas the New Testament is a manifestation of grace. And even at the time when the law of God was what God was expressing to his people. There is such an amazing revelation of the Father's love. Now I just want to go to two passages in the Old Testament. If you will turn with me to the book of Hosea. It comes right after Daniel. Daniel is right next to the lion's den. So if you make your way to the lion's den you will meet Daniel. And right after Daniel, you turn right, you'll come to Hosea chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. Now, Hosea is one of the minor prophets. And uh, minor prophets means not they are lesser prophets. They just were great prophets who wrote small books. So they were called minor prophets, that's all. But they were equally great. In fact, Hosea prophesied at the same time as Isaiah and Amos. He prophesied prior to the captivity, the Babylonian captivity. So he was there at that time, before the people had been conquered by the the Babylonians and taken into captivity. He prophesied at that time. In fact, Hosea, history says, prophesied for about 90 years. So he's a really solid prophet, although his book is small. And uh, the book of Hosea itself covers a period of 60 years, the prophecies in in the book of Hosea. And... uh, He begins, of course, warning the people of Israel that there is judgment coming because of their ungodly ways. But he closes off his book with this wonderful statement of the Father's love. And that's what I want us to look at in Hosea, the 14th chapter. The last chapter of of the book of Hosea. And we'll read verses 1 through 7. See an expression of the Father's love. Two people in the old covenant under law. He says this, O Israel, return to the Lord your God. For you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity, receive us graciously. For we will offer the sacrifice of our lips. 
Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses. Nor will we say any more to the work of our hands, you are our gods. For in you, the fatherless finds mercy. So, Hosea is saying, people of Israel, just come back to your God. Now, you've, you've stumbled because of your sin, but I just want you to come back to God. And I want you to bring words with you, words of repentance. Say things like this. Say to God, you know, please take away all my sin. Please receive me graciously. I will give you the praise of my lips. I will not depend on the Babylonians. They will not save me. I will not depend on the horses. They will not save me. I will not depend on the work of my hands because the work of my, the idols that I make, they will not save me. God, only in you I can find mercy. And then Hosea responds with the words of the father's heart. He says here in verse 4, this is what God says. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For my anger has turned away from him, from Israel. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. His branches shall spread. His beauty shall be like an olive tree and his fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall be revived like grain and grow like oil. God says, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. I wonder if there's anyone amongst us here this morning and you feel like that. You feel like Israel in the Old Testament. You say, God, you know, I've just messed up real big time. When I began my journey with God, I walked as far as I could. But then God, my sins have caused me to stumble. I've done things I should not have done. I've just strayed away from the ways of the Lord. Does the Father still love me? I want you to know this is the heart of the Father. He says, I will Heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. You come back to me and I will be, God says, I will be to you like the dew. I will bring a freshness back into your life. And he says, I, my anger will be turned away. He says, you will grow like the lily and I, he will strengthen you. You will begin to flourish once again. You will spread your branches. Your beauty will be restored. The fragrance of the aroma of your life will come back. And those who once experienced, uh, who were under your influence, they will come back and they will be revived and they will flourish. That's the Father's love. The same thing Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3. Jeremiah came, was prophesying a little closer and he, during the time of the Babylonian captivity. So the people were actually going through their judgment period. And here's what Jeremiah is prophesying or bringing the word of the Lord to the people. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 1 to 3 he says, At the same time says the Lord God, I will be the God of all the families of Israel and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord. The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. I wonder if there's any one of us here this morning who say, God, that's me. I'm in the wilderness. Can I find grace? God says, you will find grace in the wilderness. Israel, but I'm going to give him rest. And here's this amazing statement in verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. He says, Israel, you've backslidden. You've gone into judgment. And right now, you're in the wilderness. Meaning, you're in a place where I don't want you to be. But you landed there because of your own doings. I want you to know, 
you will find grace in the wilderness. Why? Because I want you to know, I have loved you with an everlasting love. There's one place in the whole Bible where you find the phrase everlasting love. What's the Father's love? It's an everlasting love. Amen. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And with loving kindness, I have drawn you. I am trying to woo you back to myself with my love. Not with a whip and a staff. I'm trying to woo you back to myself with my love. And that's why Paul writes in Romans chapter 2 verse 4. Do you not know? Do you despise the forbearance and the goodness and the long suffering of God? Don't you know that the goodness of God leads us to repentance? That's the Father's love. If we've gone away from God, gone into a backsliding, gone into our own wavered ways. I want you to know that God loves you with an everlasting love. Nothing changed. His love for you didn't change. And his love, he woos you back with his love. He says, I've drawn you with loving kindness. It's the goodness of God that should cause us to repent and come back to him. Amen. I want to close with this passage from Ephesians once again. If you can go back there. Or rather I have two more passages I want to look at. But we go to Ephesians chapter 3. But Paul is talking about the love of God as given to us in Christ. And uh, he says something very funny. I'm not laughing, but it's funny. Here's what he says in Ephesians 3, as Paul is praying for the Ephesians, verse 14, he says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Ephesians, here's what I'm praying for you. From whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So say, I'm praying for you, these things for you Ephesians. And in that, what he's praying, one of the things he says, I'm praying for you, is that I want you to be rooted and grounded in love. And I want you to be able to comprehend what is the length and the width, the depth and the height of the love of God. And I want you to know the love of God, which actually is beyond knowledge. So how can you comprehend something that is beyond knowledge? How can you know something that is beyond knowledge? He's saying this love of God which is given to us in Christ is a love that that is limitless. You cannot tell its length and its width and its depth and its height. I mean it's, it's this amazing infinite love. But I want you to comprehend it. It's his love That surpasses all knowledge. I mean, it's beyond knowledge. And yet I want you to know this love. How can you comprehend something that is beyond knowledge? How can you know something that's beyond all of this? But Paul is saying, that's what I'm praying that will happen for you believers. The word comprehend there is in the Greek is a very interesting word. It simply means to take eagerly. To seize or to receive. 
So what he's saying is, when, when he says, I want you to comprehend the Father's love, which is so limitless. He's saying, I want you to take. I want you to receive. I want you to seize, meaning you just embrace it. The only way you're going to understand or experience the love of God is when you receive it, even when you don't understand it. Some of you didn't understand that. (laughs) The only way you're going to experience the Father's love is when you receive it, even when you don't understand it. Because he says, I want you to receive. Comprehend, meaning receive. Just seize, meaning you put your hand and take it. You put your hand and possess it. You receive this love, which is beyond all ability or understand. When he says, I want you to know, this is in the next verse, in verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. I want you to know the love of Christ. Which passes knowledge. He uses two different words. The word to know. Simply means to be sure of. To be sure of. To be assured of. But it suggests two things. The use of that word. The Greek word. To know. Which simply means to. I want you to be sure of it. But it suggests two things. It means that. There is a progressive, that word used there, is a progressive increase in this knowing. And secondly, it suggests that the person receiving that love has a relationship with the object or the source of that love. So when he says, I want you to know the love of Christ, which is actually beyond knowledge. The word knowledge that he uses there has to deal with intellectual scientific knowledge understanding with the mind so he says i want you to know this love which really is beyond intellectual ability to understand what he's saying is i want you to be assured to have this assurance in your heart that kind of knowing i just know but it is based on the fact that this assurance is continually growing because you have a relationship with the one who's giving you this love. So know. What does it mean to know this love that is beyond understanding? You just have this assurance in your heart. Because you have a relationship with God. And it's just increasing. Day after day. You're just saying, I just know he loves me more and more. Because of this relationship. Amen. I want you to comprehend this love. Which really, there is no length that which you can measure it, there's no height, no depth, no, there's no limit to this love. I want you to receive this love. And I want you to be assured of this love. And this assurance is growing, is increasing, because of a relationship that you actually have with the one who's giving you this love. Amen? The Father's love. When Paul closed his epistle to the Corinthians, Paul said in 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen, he said, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ... And the love of God. The grace and the love of God. Remain. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Remain with you. Walk in this love. Just just rest in this love. May just always remain in you. You know the Father's love for you. To truly experience the Father's love. 
You have to comprehend, meaning you have to receive it. Just seize it. Put your hand on it and say, I'll take it. Even when you don't understand it. That you just have this assurance in your heart because he said, I love you with an everlasting love. Because he said, I've drawn you with loving kindness. Because he said, the mountains may depart and and all these things may move, but my covenant of love with you will never go away. So what do you do? You just receive it. And it's that assurance inside you that keeps on increasing day by day because you have a relationship with the Father. Amen? I want to call our worship team up, please. And before we dismiss, I want you and I to take a few moments just to receive the Father's love. Paul prayed for the Ephesian believers. He said, one of the things I'm praying for you, Ephesians, Ababa knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what I'm praying. That you'll be rooted and grounded in love. And that you will be able to comprehend. Just receive this limitless love. This love that has no length, no breadth, no depth, no height. No limit to any of this. That you will just be able to comprehend. You'll just be able to seize this limitless love. I want us to do that this morning. Whoever you are, wherever you're seated It's between you and the Father. Maybe this morning, you feel guilty and condemned in your life because of sin. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to know that God showed his love towards you. That while you were still a sinner, Jesus Christ died for you on the cross. And this morning, wherever you're seated, if you will just pray and say, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my life. You will be a recipient of the love of God and you can experience personally the love of God. Maybe some of us were wondering about the love of God because things haven't gone so well in life. Whatever it might be, maybe as a young person, maybe you didn't do well in your studies. Maybe you failed in your exams. Maybe you didn't get admission into a college. Maybe you didn't get the job you wanted. Maybe you didn't get a promotion in your job. Maybe you didn't get whatever, you know. Things have gone wrong in your life and and you're wondering about the Father's love. Things have broken down, fallen apart and you're wondering, does the Father love me? Or maybe things are going real well and you're still wondering, does the Father love me? I just want to remind you once again of what we read this morning. Paul said, there's nothing on earth. No principality, no power, no demonic power, no devil from hell, no man on earth, no situation on earth can separate you from the Father's love that's given to you in Christ. Some of us may be sitting here this morning and saying, Oh God, I've messed up big time in my life. I began my journey right, but I turned left. I went into waywardness. I've backslidden. I've departed from my first love. I've, I've lost focus, oh God, on what I should be following on. And my sins have caused me to stumble. I want to remind you of the Father's love towards His people Israel. He says, I will heal your backsliding. I will love you freely. 
I will be to you like the dew. I will raise you up like the lily. I will strengthen you like the tree of Lebanon. I will bring back your fragrance in life. And those who once came to you will come back to you. I will revive you. His word to you is, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And even in the wilderness, you can find grace. Like the prodigal son, maybe this morning you would like to come back to the father. And just say, Father, I have sinned. I've gone into ways I should not have gone and I've done things I should not have done. My foolishness has led me astray. But this morning I'm coming back to your love. I'm coming back to those arms of love. For all of us, we do not earn the Father's love. There's nothing that we can do to qualify for the Father's love. All we have to do is to receive this love that has no length, no breadth, no depth, no height. And somewhere deep inside of us, there will be an assurance that is born. We know that we know that we know the Father loves us. Because behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And Paul's victory shout is this. He says in all these things in the middle of peril, in the middle of nakedness, in the middle of famine, in the middle of sword, in the middle of all distress, he says, I am more than a conqueror because of the one who loves me. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. When my back is against the wall, when I've used up the last bit of money that I ever had, when I'm stripped of every title and every thing that I ever owned, when my best friends have forsaken me, nay, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror because of the Father's love. That's what Paul said. Father, this morning as we're seated here, we just receive your love, the Father's love. We just want to comprehend with all the saints this limitless love. We want to experience this love that knows no boundaries. Father's love that knows no limits. May we know the love of God. It surpasses knowledge, but we know it. We have this assurance in our hearts of this love. Father, even now, let all the things that hinder us from receiving your love be broken down. Whether it's the guilt and the shame of sin, 
whether it's the foolishness of sin, whether it's the wrong understanding that we carry, whether it's our own backslidings and waywardness, let these be broken down. That we might understand the Father's love. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.